You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Well, good morning. It is great to be with you today, and I just have to say, Maki's story is just so incredible. It's so inspiring to see how God shifted his plans and really created something that went beyond his dreams. And his plans changed a lot from his initial idea. He thought he was just going to plant a church back home in Japan and how God flipped everything upside down. And it's so beautiful and inspiring to see how he's moving forward in that plan that God has given him. And that's the thing about life. Sometimes our plans change. They don't work out the way that we thought they would. Which kind of reminds me of a time a few years ago, my family and I, we were moving from the Wald Lake Commerce area over to the east side, and we were super excited. We had found a house, and we were ready. So it was closing day, and we were going to do a final walkthrough. So we showed up. My car had stuff in it. My husband had his truck, trailer packed full of stuff. We had deliveries coming that day, the truck with all of the stuff, and we were ready. And so we head up to the house with our realtor, and we knock on the door, and the homeowner opens it up. And as she opens it, I'm kind of like, huh, look at that. It's a fully furnished house. I'm like, huh, didn't think we were coming over for dinner. Wow, there's not a single box in sight. And I'm like, something's not right here. And so we're like, hey, we're here for the final walkthrough. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving. We're like, hmm. So my realtor's like, let's just close the door. And so we go across the street, and she's talking to us, and she goes back up to the house. She talks to the homeowner, and then the other realtor comes. That was the person selling the house. They're talking. She goes up to the house, and we're just standing across the street going, what the heck is going on? Does this happen? Like, can you just decide, hey, I'm not selling my house now? Like, wow. And then at one point, the homeowner sticks her head on. I was like, I ain't leaving. It's my house. You can't have it. I'm like, Okay. Okay, this is, this is really good. And we're there for like an hour or so, and finally we leave. No house. All of it was kind of a shock. We're slightly in disbelief, and then we're also feeling crushed and heartbroken. I mean, this was the place that we were replanting and for our kids and trying to make this a home. And then there was like the anger side. We were like, what the heck? Now, the good news in all of this <laughs> is we eventually did find another house. But when our plans change, it doesn't always feel good. Which kind of reminds me of a quote. I'm a huge fan of the show The Office. Anyone else, any other Office fans out there? All right, you're my people. Now, the main character, Michael Scott, said this. Too much change is not a good thing. Ask the climate. (laughs) Because change doesn't always feel good. It can make us feel anxious. We get worried. There's fear sometimes. Sometimes it's just this unnerving experience. Change can make it feel like we get apprehensive. It can make us upset, angry, resentful. Now, sometimes it's small, and we kind of just have to, like, work our way through. I mean, have you ever gone to a restaurant, and you're really excited? You're like, oh, yeah. Sit down, and you're like, oh, I know what I'm getting. The waiter comes over, and what can I get you? And you're like, I would like the prime rib, mashed potatoes, and a Caesar salad and you can taste it. Have you ever, you know, where you can taste the food? And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't have that tonight. And you're like, I'm sorry, it's on your menu. And they're like, nope, not tonight. And you're like, <laughs> and then they're like, what else can we get you? And you're like, no, 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 no. I wanted the prime rib. And they're like, do you need another one? Yeah, I do. This was not the plan. 
then we're kind of annoyed and we have a little attitude and then, you know, you figure something else out. But sometimes it can be something big. Maybe it's the college that you plan to go to and it's been like your top choice. I mean, you have the pennants on the wall, you've got all the sweatshirts, and then you don't get in. There's a career change. You move. A relationship ends. Because life doesn't always go as planned. Things change. And today we are in week two of our series where we've been talking about how God is greater than. Now last week we talked about how he is greater than our chaos in our lives. And today we're leaning into the purposes that he has for us. And how his vision for our life is greater than our own vision. Which kind of really reminds me of a verse. It's found in Proverbs. In Proverbs 16 it says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Humans plan their course. And man, <laughs> I've definitely planned my life at times. I've had dreams. I've had big goals. But many times God has reshaped those. And my guess is that I'm not the only one. Because I don't think there would be many of us here that would say, yeah, my life has gone exactly as I thought it would. Because things happen. Life changes. Something unexpected occurs and you're like, oh my gosh, and you have to kind of figure it out. Or sometimes it's because nothing changes when you had hoped it would. I mean, how many of us have started a brand new year and we've had all those goals? You're like, I'm going to the gym seven days a week. I'm eating healthy. And you're like, yeah. And then you get to December and you're like, well, <laughs> that didn't go as planned. Nothing changed. Or as Christ followers, we have all these hopes. We're like, okay, God, I'm putting it all in you. We're going to do this thing. And then life doesn't go the way you thought it would with God. Today we want to navigate some of those struggles of when we experience change and disruption in our lives by looking at the Christmas story. This story where God changed the plans for Mary and Joseph and it was beyond anything they could have ever dreamed or imagined. And how their story can influence us and really give us hope for our stories. So as we just continue, though, I would love to take a moment to pray and ask God to open our hearts today. Will you join me? God, we just thank you for this time to be together. And we just pray that truly that you would open our hearts, whether we are here in the auditorium or we are watching online, that you would speak to us today, God. And I pray that it would be your words. And I pray that we would hear from you clearly and that no matter where we're at, what kind of season of life we're in, that we would lean into what you are leading and how you do have plans that are greater for us, greater than any of our vision or our ideas, that we would hear from you today in your name. Amen. Now, I'm so excited that we are talking about the Christmas story because, honestly, I love Christmas. It's probably my favorite season and time of year. But what I love so much about Christmas is that it was about God coming to earth that it is Jesus coming to earth as his baby, that it is Emmanuel, God with us, and that with us changes everything. That brings his hope and his love to be something for each one of us. And because of that, it transforms our lives, which is something that we are so passionate about here at Kensington. Adam shared a little bit of pieces of the things that we're a part of, but all of that happens because of you. 
And it's through your giving here at Kensington that we are able to share that love of Jesus with people around us in our own communities and really around the world. So we're just going to take a moment to receive our offering here this morning. And you can give by the pouch that passes you by, or you can also see on the screen there the different ways that you can give electronically. And it's through the different things that happen in and out of Kensington that people are able to experience the love of Jesus. Even a couple weeks ago, we had a, the Jingle Jam here at CT, and that was just such a great opportunity for families to come together to have a place to belong, to feel welcome, to experience joy and the joy of who Jesus is. It's through our Move Out Network, opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus and within our local communities, it's through our global partners. And all of that is because of you. And so thank you so much for being on mission with us. And truly, we are so excited to see how God is going to continue to move in and throughout Kensington. Now, when we read the Bible, we read different stories of people in their life, and many of their lives probably did not go the way they thought it would or what they expected. And one of those people is the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph. And we're going to read his story today out of Matthew chapter 1. And it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So there's a lot of change that happens just in these couple of verses. We learn that Mary was pledged to get married to Joseph. Now, for any of us who have been married, just think back to planning your wedding or that wedding day. Now, it can be simple or it can be extravagant, but whatever the plan is, there is some sort of like, it kind of consumes you to some extent. It consumes your thoughts, your ideas, your emotions, your energy, your time, and definitely your money. Now, I know it was different at that time, but I have to think in some way that Mary was focused on this upcoming wedding. And then in the middle of that, she finds out she's pregnant. Whew, just a little bit of a change. And then she has to tell Joseph. Can you imagine that conversation? Hey, Joe, <laughs> super excited about our future life together. One thing, I'm pregnant, and uh, before you get all upset and like, get freaked out about it, um, it's God's baby, so we cool? We cool? Can you imagine the shock for Joseph? The disbelief and probably the anger? Like, talk about an unexpected shift in their plans. And then Joseph follows up that change by, like, wanting to change the entire thing. Like, he's ready to just throw the whole thing out. He's like, forget this whole relationship. He's like, I'm going to divorce her. Because all of the dreams that he had for his future with Mary, I mean, they've been shattered. So this isn't feeling like a, a dream anymore. This is more like a nightmare. A nightmare of loneliness and hurt. We continue reading the story, and it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. 
But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So there's a lot of changing of plans that happens here. And the crazy thing in all of this is that this all happened because God showed up. Like when God showed up, it brought the disruption to the lives of Mary and Joseph. And here's the thing. God still does that. He still does that. He still wants to come to us. Now, it will probably look a little different. I don't think many of us are going to be visited by an angel tonight. But he still comes to us. And when he comes to us, he's coming to us not just to come be a part of our life. He's coming because he wants to be the point of our lives. And in the process, that means there might be some change. It might disrupt our plans. It actually might flip everything upside down. Because he can do it in our marriages. He can do it in our relationships, our families, our jobs, our values, our priorities, our plans. I mean, everything. But when you hear that, it's kind of like, huh. Don't know if I really want that. Because it kind of sounds like maybe he's messing things up. Like, kind of had a plan here. What do you mean he's just going to come disrupt it? But listen to something that he, Jesus shares later in his life when, during his years of public ministry. In John 10, 10, it says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, when we experience God's disruption, he's not trying to take life away from us. He's actually trying to give us life and give it to us abundantly and that we would experience it more. But many times when we experience these interruptions, these changes, it creates these thoughts and these emotions and feelings. And sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes it's unnerving. It can be confusing. And it can easily be scary. Because change is scary. Because it creates an uncertainty about the future. And I honestly think <laughs> this has kind of been the theme of my adult life. <laughs> I mean, I've made plans, my husband and I, for us, for our family. We've had these ideas and these dreams. And so many times God has reshaped them. And at times it's been really exciting. Other times it's been hard, scary, and with a lot of uncertainty. And I was planning to share a story about a specific time that really stands out in my mind. One of those times where we kind of were headed in one way and God completely shifted it and we went a different direction. But just this past week on Tuesday night, we had a new disruption transpire. My husband received a text and it kind of left us uncertain about the future. He's a contractor and he received a text from a client that broke their contract. So the next job is, it's gone. And it was a big job, not some tiny little side job. It was a job for months and months, an entire season. Months and months of work means, well, months and months of financial security, of paying your bills, of your mortgage, taking care of your family. And we get this text and we're sitting on the couch and we just were in silence. Shocked, dumbfounded. It was like the wind was knocked out of us. And then my mind started racing because I was like, oh, we're two and a half weeks away from Christmas. Okay. And then I started thinking about the new year, all of the obligations, the financial commitments, and all the things. 
And all of a sudden, it didn't feel like a joyful or cheerful time. The new year wasn't looking very hopeful or like this fresh start. It felt and it still feels like it's just darkness. There's uncertainty. And there's a lot of fear. Now, for those of us who are Christ followers, we are given peace and that there is a comfort that we will never be alone in our uncertainty and fear. I mean, Scripture reveals that God, that he is the Prince of Peace, that his peace surpasses all understanding, which gives us hope and it gives us assurance. We know that his perfect love casts out all fear. But when you're standing in the darkness, it's really hard. I feel like I'm reaching and trying to just cling to any grasp of one of those promises. We can know that, but it can be a lot harder to be living in it. And I have to think that Joseph was scared. I mean, everything was changing, and it was changing fast. And his initial reaction was he wanted to leave Mary. And I think many times that kind of is our reaction. When things don't go the way we thought, the plan's changing, something's unexpected, we kind of want to run away. Even this week, my husband, I think jokingly, said he wanted, maybe the answer was that we would just move to Alaska. He's going to become a gold miner. I don't know what I'm doing, but I mean, I know I'm Canadian and I've lived, you know, in the, the north. But I don't think I'm built for Alaska. But it's not the answer. We know that. But fear can create these irrational thoughts and ideas. And Joseph was probably scared. But he also was not alone in his fear. And he actually receives assurance from an angel. If we go back to verse 20, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The angel basically was saying, hey, Joe, I know. I know just calm down for a moment. I know this was not in your journal, like when you were planning out the year and you had your top five goals. I know this is not where you saw yourself a year, from, a year ago or you're picturing like, hey, this is where my life's going to be. I know it's confusing. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it feels more like your life is falling apart. I know that this is scary and it does not feel like a good thing. It doesn't seem like it's a God thing. But trust him. This is his plan. The angel is saying, hey, this disruption, this change, this is actually the better plan. This, this is the better plan. So he's like, hey, don't be afraid. And then I love the, the next detail that he gives him. He's like in verse 21, he says, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now the name Jesus is the Greek name for Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And there's a good chance that Joseph actually might have been familiar with this. Which makes me wonder, for like a split second, did he go, saves. Saves. <laughs> what exactly is being saved? 
Not my reputation. I mean, once people find out that Mary's pregnant and that it's unplanned, nor will it save her image or the ridicule or the name-calling that she'll experience. How will that save my future marriage? How will that save the people that are going to cut me off, that are going to think I'm an idiot because I decided to stay with Mary and believe her so-called story? I mean, what exactly is saved? I don't know if that's what he thought. But I know for so many of us, when we experience that change, that something's unexpected, the plans don't go the way we thought, we tend to kind of go to the worst case scenario. Because we would rather things just stay the way they were. We had a plan and everything's going to be fine. I mean, Joseph had a plan for his life, but now all of a sudden, his reality is changing. And because of God, and we see that he kind of was resistant. There was some frustration. Like he did not want to give in. He wanted to kind of run. He wanted to do things his way. He wanted to hold on. And I think so many times that is us. It's kind of like this container here. This container with these peanuts. The peanuts are like our dreams. It's the goals. It's the plans that we have for our lives. Maybe it was your dream to go to college. You had a dream of getting married, starting a family, to get that dream job that you've worked so hard for. And our containers probably have some things that are very similar. They're shared dreams, things that most of us would have in common. But then there's going to be parts of this that are very unique, that are different because it's who we are. And as we go through life, this will grow. It will involve our dreams and plans will and it'll probably involve others. And everything that we value, that we protect, that we pray over, is in this container. So typically, we, we kind of like to keep it close to us. We tend to hold tight to our plan. But what if instead we have a choice to make? See, Joseph had a choice. He could have said, you know what? I have the plan. I'm going to stick with my plan. I'm going to keep holding tight to the peanuts. I, I know what I'm doing here. But if he did that, he would have missed out. He would have missed out on God. He would have missed out God coming to him. He would have missed out on God working and moving through him. I mean, if he decided to respond with fear and the confusion and the anger and just held tight to his plans, he could have. But instead, Joseph decided to take a step forward in faith. He decided to take his eyes off of the distraction, this disruption, this change that has happened, focus on an unseen God doing some things that did not make sense, and he decided to open his hand. Because when he opened his hand, he released his plans. And his hand was open to be able to receive God's plans. Because we can't take a hold of what God wants to put in our hands if all we're doing is holding on to our plans. And it makes me wonder, what disruption might you be experiencing right now that maybe God's allowing? Maybe it's small, it might seem insignificant, or maybe it's big, it's painful, it's hard. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it feels really confusing. 
But maybe it's a disruption that is both God coming to you and calling you to himself. Because disruptions, they are an opportunity to let God take over. And it could be a disruption in your marriage. It could be in your work. It could be with a relationship with your kids. It could be in your health. Or maybe it's a disruption of something that doesn't happen, that you wanted to happen. Maybe you don't get married. Maybe you don't get the dream job. Maybe it's, you have five degrees and you never get that job. But too often we're like Joseph and all we see is the disruption and we see that it's a bad thing. This, there's no way it could be good. And we just say, you know what? The best thing would be if God could just settle it. If everything could just go back to the way that we had planned it. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for God to move through our lives. I love what Carolyn Custis James says. She's an author and a theologian. And she says, as painful and unsettling as disruptions can be, they challenge our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus and inevitably spill over into every dimension of life. It's an opportunity to allow God to take over. Disruptions also can shape our story. Because no matter how good, no matter how great the plans are that you have for your life, God's plan will always be greater. Like, always be greater. And I've had to tell myself this multiple times this week. In the midst of fear to say, okay, God, how are you shaping our story right now? How is this disruption something that you want to use? Because it comes to this point where we have to go, okay, I'm going to choose to trust you, God. I'm going to believe in you and believe that God is greater than our own vision, than our own plans and the dreams that we have, but that he is greater than all of it. But that brings up a really big question. How do you know? Like, how do you know if that is the plan that God has for you? Like, how do you know that that disruption was him and that he's leading you and that's the way you should go? Now, I wish I could be like, hey, guys, I figured it out. <laughs> Wrote it down. You can get the book at the hub after service. <laughs> but there's no easy answer to that. But there are some things that we can do that can move us in a direction closer to that and that can bring clarity to our lives. And the first one is this. We need to recalibrate. And by that, I mean we need to dial into the life that we were designed to live. We need to figure that out, figure out how God has wired us and created us. And there's many different ways that we can do that. But I think one of the ways is, is actually ask ourselves some questions. Now, there's a lot we could ask, but I just brought three questions today. And the first question is, what have I always been good at? What have I always been good at? What needs do I care the most about? What is it that kind of you're like, yeah, I really love that. That really, that kind of makes me, you know, get excited inside. That's something I'm passionate about. And what makes me feel most fulfilled? And I'm actually going to encourage you. I want you to take out your phones and take a picture of those three questions. And go home today. Think about these questions. This week, maybe take time each day to journal, maybe pray over the questions, wrestle through these questions. And then maybe next week you invite someone that you trust, another Christ follower that you're close to, to speak into it. Ask them, what do you think? Do you think this is something that, I, that I'm really good at? Do you think there's, does, is this how God has designed me? But ask these questions. 
And then there's other resources we can use. There's things like spiritual gifts tests. There's personality tests like the Enneagram. We've got Strength Finders, Myers-Briggs. There's all these different things. But I think sometimes we have to recalibrate because it's so easy to go through life and just go through the motions. You go to work, you come home, you got kids, they got soccer practice, and you're just doing things. And sometimes we need to take a moment and recalibrate and go, how has God designed me? And ask ourselves, what makes me feel alive? We need to recalibrate, and we also need to align. Or maybe we need to realign. And by that I mean we need to be in relational sync with Jesus. See, when we are not in relational sync with Jesus, we kind of end up drifting then. And he's no longer the center of our lives. And so we are just kind of drifting around, and really we then become the center of everything. And there are some things that we can do that actually can help align us. One is to spend time reading the word. Because God speaks to us through his word. And so when we have questions and go, God, I don't know what to do. Is this your plan? What should I be doing with my life? Spend time reading this. He speaks to us through this. He also speaks to us through prayer. So spend time in prayer. Prayer is having that conversation with God. Let him know your thoughts. Let him know your feelings. Intercede and all these great things. But prayer is also listening. Listening as the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. And then spend time in community. Be in community with other believers because God uses people. God will use people to speak to you, to help align. And think about it like this. Have you ever been driving and you kind of notice your alignment's off just a little? And you're kind of like, ah, whatever. And then it gets to the point where you're driving straight. You're like this. And you're like, okay, time to go get this fixed. And then you get it fixed and you're like, ah, yeah. Oh, why didn't I do that sooner? And like, you notice it right away. But what isn't so subtly obvious is not only did you fix your alignment, but you fixed the problem that was slowly wearing away on your tires, which would have caused a bigger issue. So when we align ourselves relationally with Jesus, it subtly begins to address the areas in our lives that maybe we have been pulling away and going in a different direction. And maybe for some of us, we need to align with him for the first time, to begin a journey where we put him at the center of our life. Or maybe for others of us, it's time to ask him today to say, hey God, where am I out of alignment? Where are we out of sync? And to draw closer to him, to draw closer to the plans that he has for you. But here's the thing. We can recalibrate. We can align our lives. We can be praying. We can be in the word. We can be with community. We can be doing all of the things and Jesus will still come in. And change the plans and things will get reshaped. Because he is God. He is God of this universe. He is the king of kings. He is Lord of lords. And we are his creation. And our greatest purpose, our greatest purpose in all of this is that he would be the point of our lives and not just a part of it. Because when we do that, we will experience freedom. We will be empowered and we will be fulfilled. And for us to live that way, it requires something, though. It requires letting go. Too often, though, we're holding tight to our plans. We're refusing God's. We're like, this is it. I got the plan. And I get it. It's scary. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's a lot easier to control things ourselves. 
because there's no resolution. Last night, my husband didn't get some miraculous phone call. But it's making the choice to say, okay, God, I'm going to open my hand. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's coming next. But I'm choosing to let go. It's saying, God, I want you to be the point of my life. I don't want you to just be a part of it. God, I want your plans and not mine. It's coming to a place of surrender. Will you pray with me, God? I pray right now for each one of us, whatever season of life that we are in, that we would move closer to a life that is beyond anything we could ever imagine or dream because your vision for our life is bigger, it's greater, because you are greater than. And I would pray that you would speak to each one of us and to the areas of our life that maybe we've been holding tight. We've been clenching our fist trying to control it, trying to think even with the change and the disruptions that we can still do it. But God, I pray that you would gently remind us that when we open our hands, it's the opportunity for you to place your plans. And that our heart would reflect a heart of surrender. And that you would be the one who leads us in your name. Amen.
You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.